For my legal interview, I interviewed a woman named Alicia Metry. Um, she has been in law enforcement for about 36 years doing some different positions, but she has the most experience working as a police officer. She worked with the Maplewood Police Department for 17 years. So to start off the interview, the first question I asked was, for how long um, have you been practicing? Have you been in law enforcement? It's been a total of 36 years for Alicia. Um, the first 17 years she spent doing state patrol, which was not exactly law enforcement, but basically a security type of deal. Um, she did security for the Capitol building. Um, so that was the first almost half of her practice. And then for 17 more years, she worked with the Maplewood PD. And um, she kind of broke down for me all the different um, areas and fields she worked in with the Maplewood Police Department. So the first one she did was patrol, which she worked for five years. And this was just taking calls, um, working nights, and just taking whatever calls came in. And... Um, you know, going to deal with those situations, um, stuff like that, just street patrol. Then she moved to gangs for three years, and um, this is the one she said was actually the most fun. It was the most action. It was a lot of drug busts and, like, breaking into houses and stuff like that. Um, and that was a lot more... Um, there was a lot of that action, but it was also mostly about building cases and you know, finding the facts and kind of investigating that type of deal rather than patrol. You're kind of just dealing with, um, you know, responding to people's needs and concerns on a day-to-day -day basis. So that was what she did. And then um, after that, she moved to investigations where she was for six years. And this one, she said, was the most, um, like she worked the most. It was kind of the most mentally challenging and um but she stayed here for six years after that she moved on to patrol again for the rest of her um career and working with the maplewood police department so that's basically what she did in her um practice right now she currently works at the um she's a deputy for the courts so she explained a little bit about that we mostly talked about um, the kind of just what she what she sees and observes in the courts on a day-to-day -day basis and she said that she sees a lot of um, a lot of injustice a lot of cases where there's poverty and the people who are low income are disadvantaged because they can't afford uh, you know a good attorney their attorney their um, they have a public defender instead but this process, um, she explained this to me, it's just, it's not ideal at all. It's what, what they do is they, um, they meet the day of court. The person will meet their public defender and they're kind of taken, pulled out for five minutes to get their plan of action undergo, um, you know, in the course of five, ten minutes before the court. So it's not ideal at all. Um, we talked a lot about the injustice in the criminal justice system and reforms that should be made, and this was actually a question in the interview, so I'll get to that later, but that's um, what she explained to me mostly about what she's currently doing um, in her practice now. So that was um, 
my question number three, what did an average day in the job look like? And that just depended on what she was doing. For most of her career, she did patrol. So that's just kind of um, just being ready for whatever calls are going to come your way. She mostly worked in night shifts doing those. Sometimes would be out until, you know, 3, 4 in the morning doing that. And then for my next question, I asked, um, what was the hardest part of your job? Um, it comes with challenges and rewards. So she disclosed to me that two children had died um, who she was trying to do CPR on. And so this was the biggest mental challenge for her. Physically, you just stay in shape. Um, you know, it's, it's a physical task as well as mental. But of course, you're going to see a lot of hard things, a lot of heartbreaking things as she described it. Um, such as the death of these children. But of course it comes with rewarding parts as well and that's why people choose to go into this profession of course. So to her the most rewarding part um, was just solving crimes, getting people convicted. That's what really made her feel good about what she's doing. Um, but she also said it was the little things that really meant the most as well, like just you know, helping people out with small things, improving their lives on a day-to-day -day basis. She said helping the elderly, getting to work with children and help children and things like that, even if it's something very small, like, um, you know, she described a, um, a kid getting their bike stolen and then, you know, doing what she could to go find it, even if, if they weren't able to get it back, they just would... Um, help the kid feel better for the day. So just small little things like that are what um, she felt was really rewarding part of being an officer. And so for the next question, I asked her, um, what made you want to become an officer? And she said that she had had this plan since high school, um, and it was just kind of her ideal job was mostly her reasoning for it. Um, she just wanted to work with people, help people, and um, yeah, it just really fit her her ideal job description. You know, she wanted to make a difference in people's lives and um, be out working, doing stuff. She didn't want to be stuck in an office too much. That's mostly why she did, you know, the patrol and stuff like that. So um, being an officer was a plan she had had for a long time. Okay, and then the next question I asked was about her training. I was very curious to know um, what the training process is like for becoming an officer. So she disclosed that you, um, you can get a two-year degree in criminal justice to become an officer. Four years is preferred for most um, departments. And uh, she attended a University of Wisconsin, River Falls, um, where they actually didn't have a criminal justice major. They had sociology with an emphasis on criminal justice. So that was her major. And, um, yeah, so she completed her degree there. And then you go to 10 weeks of skills training, which is, like, physical training tactics. Um, so, yeah, that was basically her, her training to get started as an officer. And then she also said that annually, um, every year, Officers have to complete 12 hours of continuing education, and this is just, you know, basic training, gun training, gun safety, um, physical training, stuff like that. All right, and then 
she also did work briefly um as a negotiator so she did have um a week of fbi training for negotiating i thought that part was very interesting and she kind of described um what it's like to be a negotiator you just have to go through the process with people really slow and um just be really understanding of people that's um the biggest thing i really learned from this interview was that you just you just have to be a people person you have to be empathetic um stuff like that to to be a good officer so that was actually my next question was i asked her what are some good qualities of an officer in your opinion and you know she said empathetic she said a people person a good listener um and something that she said is really important for a officer who's a woman is command presence that means standing your ground being assertive just showing that you're in charge um because often you know people won't take a female officer seriously or really a woman of any profession so having that command presence is really important so Alicia and I talked a lot about the um, criminal justice system and what we think is wrong with our current system today. And so I asked her for the next question what reforms she thinks should be made to our um, to law enforcement, to our criminal justice system, to improve the overall system. And this is a question with a lot of weight to it, very complex, um, because we mutually agree there are many changes that need to be made, but... These are some of the points she made. She had said that low-income individuals are very disadvantaged, um, not being able to afford an attorney. This just hinders justice because um, somebody else with more money will you know, have a lesser sentence than someone who is low-income. And these people could have an equal charge. Um, it's you know equal crime. Um, but the fact that this person has more money, they will not receive as much punishment as the low-income person. And then um, also, as I had mentioned earlier, the public defender um, thing, they, they do really great work. And that's, um, that, that's great that they are there, but not being able to afford you know, a better attorney is, um, is not ideal. It puts low-income people at a disadvantage as well as just the process of this. Um, you know, there's not a lot of time for um, the defendant to plan things out with the public defender. So that's a reform that um, we mutually agree that should be made. And then another thing she mentioned was um, she doesn't think nonviolent crime should like stay on someone's record for, you know, decades. Um, for example, well, the example she had said was, you know, if you steal something when you're 18 and then you go to apply for a job when you're 28 and, you know, you have this theft charge on your record and you're not able to get the job, she thinks this isn't fair because, you know, that's a whole 10 years later. Um, as long as you aren't repeating these crimes or, you know, um, getting convicted of more theft or other charges, she thinks that this should be completely wiped from your record. You know, these are nonviolent crimes. It would be different if it was obviously homicide or assault or a sex crime, but nonviolent crimes should not stay on record, um, according to Alicia in her opinion. 
One reform that is being made that is very good is the um, technological advancements that are being introduced to policing. Um, and I asked Alicia her opinion on this. I've been researching a little bit about this. And she said this is incredible. It's a great thing for law enforcement. And she kind of went into describing these for me. Um, one of them being the new um, license plates um, trackers. It pulls up, um, or the screening, it kind of pulls up your um, all of your information just from your license plate. Like, it can show if your license is suspended. It can show if you have a felony charge. It can show if you have um, a warrant out, stuff like that. So... That's very cool. There's a lot of great new technology being introduced to law enforcement, and Alicia thinks these are a great thing for the field. So for my final question, I asked Alicia what she would tell somebody who is aspiring to become a police officer, what advice she would have for this person. And so she gave me a list of things. The first one was go on ride-alongs, you know, just get that firsthand experience See what it's actually like to have a day in um, on patrol. Number two, she said, be prepared to work weekends, holidays, and nights. You know, you'll be on the clock all the time. It's not like not like a job you can go work nine to five. Um, maybe in some areas, but for the most part, you're gonna be working the late nights. You're gonna be working um, weekends and holidays and stuff like that. And then number three, she said, be prepared for hate, be prepared for judgment and criticism. Um, the news and the media portrays police officers in a certain way. Um, they will draw out, you know, one incident with a police officer to make it kind of represent all police officers. And then um, the public will, you know, judge the profession as a whole based off of that one incident so that's something that's um, become more prevalent recently and so yeah she said just be prepared for that there's going to be people who will hate you people who will criticize you but there will also be people who will love you for what you do so be prepared for all of that um, she said as much as as much hate as you're going to get it's also very rewarding